All right, good morning, men. I want to talk to you men this morning about your appalling, pathetic, lousy attitude. Yeah, actually, I don't know if it's that bad, but I wanted, I wanted to try to start off with the bang this morning, but I'm getting laughed at already, so I, I don't know. Um, I ultimately want to go into your mindset, but to go and get there, get there to your mindset, we first got to talk about your attitude. So what's your attitude? Some definitions of attitude, a settled way of thinking, of feeling, or feeling about someone or something, typically one that is reflected in one's behavior, your behavior, towards that person or thing. Attitude can be defined as a way in which a person views and evaluates something or someone, a predisposition or tendency to respond positive, positively or negatively toward a certain idea, object, person, or situation. Have we not noticed over the last couple of years that a whole lot of people out there seem to have a really bad attitude? Holy mackerel. And now they also feel empowered and emboldened to make sure they get in your face because their feelings are hurt. That's a whole different rabbit hole. Um, so basically, your behavior towards and in response to the world around you, your attitude towards and response to the world around you from sports, politics, the economy, your co-workers, neighbors, family, and even do the guys around you at the table Tuesday mornings. What's your attitude? Because right now, over the last decade, as we know, there's been a whole lot of going on, whole lot going on. A lot that's out there to stress you, tick you off, push your buttons, and distract you from God and family. We're all familiar with that saying that we're all called to be in the world, but not of it. We're called to be in the world, but not of it. A concept and idea pulled from Jesus' statement. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were not of the world, the world would love you as its own. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. There's a lot more to it, but generally that's where that concept and idea came from. We're called to be in the world and not of it. And it's easy enough to memorize that verse, that slogan, and that's why it was simplified that way so it would be easy to remember. But what does it actually look like in your life? What does it actually look like with your neighbors and your family and the men around you? We cannot help but develop attitudes about things to develop a settled way of thinking and feeling about someone or something, good attitudes and bad attitudes. We're human. You, know, you and I both know we do come up with some attitudes. It is what it is. For example, I like a good steak, but I don't like eating liver or tongue, or brain. I don't do guts. Now, interestingly enough, I have never had tongue, brain, and I have never had any of that stuff. I've had liver. But somewhere along the line, I developed a negative attitude. I'm not going to eat guts. That's just me. Some of us will develop attitudes without actually having that experience. It is what it is. I'm not saying it's right, but you've got to be aware that, that, has a, that you will have a tendency to do that. I got my pilot's license when I was in high school. I know from experience I prefer flying low-wing airplanes as opposed to high-wing. The difference there is I have hours of experience in both types of airplanes. 
But we are going to develop attitudes, both good and bad, from things that sometimes we have no experience in. And we all know people who have a positive mindset. A happy mindset. They're just smiling all the time. They have what I call a ministry mindset. We know people who are always, always happy, and, and as soon as they walk into a room, they literally light, it, light up the room. And you even cannot help but feel good about yourself and the world around you when you're around these people. We all know people with a negative attitude, and they seem to suck the life out of you. And I'm at that point in life where I have almost zero tolerance to be around someone like that. And we used to call them Wendy Winers and Debbie Downers. They're always coming up with something negative. You know, you, you know, a glass is half empty, when to you the glass is half full. Just a negative outlook on life and all that, and it can be really, really frustrating to spend time with someone like that. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15 in the Living Bible, and what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those men of Ephesus, if it was only for what I would gain in this life down here? If we will never live again after we die, then we might as well go and have ourselves a good time. Let us eat, drink, and be merry. What's the difference? For tomorrow we die, and that ends everything. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. If you listen to them, you will start acting like them. Get some sense and quit your sinning, for to your shame I say, some of you have not even, are not even Christians at all and have never really known God. You have all heard that uh, phrase, uh, time and time again, bad company corrupts good morals. But what does that actually look like in your life? Have you ever sat down and really considered that phenomenon happening in your life? Who are you hanging out with? What mindset do you have based on the people that you're around? What is your brand? What comes to people's mind when they think of you? When they envision you, when someone brings up your name, what do people think about? What would you like them to think about? Because trust me, people are watching you and they're paying attention to what you say and do. They're paying attention to what you put on social media. Are you a reflection of good, of hope, a positivity of Christ? Do you even make an effort to do that? Because trust me, I know what it's like. We gather together on Tuesday mornings and we, and we talk and we pump each other up and all that. But as soon as we walk out these doors, all of a sudden, life hits. Do you make an effort to maintain a Christ-like and, and strive for having what I call a ministry mindset? Yes, sir. We, if we threw your social media up on the board right now in 15 seconds, would you be embarrassed by what we see? Nope. I will not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speak. Confess it, bro. <laughs> During the uh, COVID madness, a friend of mine who is a believer, she was posting some things. And I remember I had a discussion with her. And I, and it, it just <laughs> and I asked her, how does that make you feel? You know, that point that that post was about. She was reposting something else. She goes, it makes me angry. I said, that's great. Do you always want to feel angry? Well, no. Okay, well, how do you feel, how do you think that your friends and family feel when they see that post? You're pissing them off too. I'm not saying the post was wrong, 
I'm just asking you to slow down and think about the ripple effect about the things you post, the things you do, and the things you say. Do you want to perpetuate this divisiveness and this anger and this frustration and this hate? Or are you going to make a little difference in at least one other person's life of positivity and a reflection of Christ and goodness and hope and, and so on? And so I want to encourage you again to work on having a ministering mindset. And I can tell you right now, it's going to be a lifelong goal. It's not something that happens overnight because we've had a lifetime of being who we are dealing in this world. But if you can start now making an effort to maintain and develop a ministering mindset, you can, in the long run, ultimately make a difference. Not only in your life, but the lives of your family, your friends, the men at this table, your co-workers, and even a stranger in line at Walmart. We live in a world that is full of distractions, disappointments, frustrations, unpleasant surprises, and so on. And you have to develop that self-discipline and situational awareness and continuously strive to be good, to make a difference. You are going to slip off the rails from time to time. You are. The trick there is to grab your gear, lace up your boots again, get back on track and drive on, and not let the devil beat you down and keep reminding you about how you always fall off. How you always slip. Yes, I do. But I have a goal that I'm working towards and I'm going to keep striving for it. As long as you don't quit and keep moving forward, you will get there. But the moment you end up like a Wendy Weiner or a Debbie Downer, it's always someone else's fault, the government or whatever, then you just end up stagnating being just a Wendy Weiner and Debbie Downer. And no one's going to want to be your buddy. Because all you do is whine, cry, and bitch. And no one likes being around someone like that. Are you encouraging, inspiring, and lifting people up, or just fueling the flames and keeping people feeling frustrated uh, and angry? Develop a ministry mindset. When Paul wrote to the Galatians, he commented that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And it's easy to memorize that. Now, I didn't go to preacher school, but I can find that. I was able to find that for this morning's discussion. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. But what does that really look like in the real world? Because it's easy to memorize verses, but do you actually strive to, to, to live it and be an example? Example, I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I fall short, too. I'm not standing up here because I'm perfect. I'm standing up here because Pastor Tim ran out of people to ask to come speak. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Hey, I've been there, man. I know. I, hey, I'm just saying. I'm trying to encourage you guys. Just, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Hold each other up, and let's move out as a team. In the real world of frustrations, aggravations, unpleasant surprises, and disappointments. It's a scientifically proven truth that having a positive mindset is critical to effectively manage life stresses. That's, that's a given. A vast majority of situations and incidences we see in the news and social media would play out so differently if one or both persons simply had a little bit of empathy, compassion, and grace for the other person. Just a little bit. 
people allowing themselves to become so offended over things. And when they, when they, if, if, if they had just simply taken a breath, thought things through, and exercised even a little bit of grace, a little bit of grace, the whole situation would have played out differently. Grace can change the outcome of any given situation. Grace can change the outcome of any given situation. Consider that grace is going to change where you end up in eternity. So why wouldn't you be able to make an effect and change, positive change, by having some grace? Again, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm asking you to make that effort because I do know from personal experiences and observations that it works and it makes a difference. Are you an example of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? Do you help others deal with life stresses? Or are you what's stressing them out? Notice that Paul wrote that the fruit, singular, is made up of all these components. And after looking, looking, I did not find one translation that used fruits, plural. The fruit of the Spirit is made up of all these components. You take away one, and you end up something that is not palatable, You've, you've corrupted the integrity of it as a fruit. It's spoiled now. It's not acceptable. It's now yucky. Are you yucky fruit? Do you have a tendency to get jacked up and end up saying or doing something that actually escalates a situation? Because we all have a tendency to do that. We get frustrated, impatient, or offended. I learned and came to realize that I have a tendency to get hangry. My wife pointed that out to me. <laughs> uh, so maybe you guys are the same way. Around noon or something, I better have a Snickers bar or I start getting snippy. I joke about it, but I'm not proud of it. I'm just saying I'm real. I, I've learned that I have this tendency that at a certain time I, I need to get some sugar. I, I just need something. I start becoming obnoxious. My wife senses it, and I've learned to start sensing it in myself, too. I start reaching for an ice mocha or a, a Snickers bar or something. We, uh, we were out somewhere, and I got hangry, and I got snippy at something, and there was a moment of silence, and my wife goes, yeah, that's very good, Mr. Gentle Response Instructor. I'm like, oh, yeah, she got me, right? It is what it is. So in that moment of me being snippy, I was not being an example of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. I slip up too. But I'm encouraging you guys that together, let's start, let's start encouraging each other to start striving towards having a ministry mindset, having some empathy and compassion and grace for your fellow man. As we get older, I think this is why a lot of us end up having that much more grace Zero tolerance for stupidity, but a little bit more grace for, for people because we can put ourselves in their shoes, something that a lot of younger generation are absolutely unable to do. They don't have enough life experience to know what it's like to be uh, whatever. You can put yourself in that shoe uh, with, with someone, with a situation, and you just end up being able to offer a little bit more grace. Not always. And take, I want you guys to, uh, right now we're running, we're running down about the last 10, 10 minutes. I want you guys to take a moment right now to sit and, and chat among yourselves. 
Take a moment and actually consider some of those life experiences you've had where now, looking back, you could have said, you could have, should have, would have said something differently or done something differently. Just if you had just shown a little compassion, grace, empathy for whatever the situation was. Oftentimes it was with our loved ones, family, spouse. It is what it is. Maybe you inadvertently were snippy and snappy with your coworker. Just take a moment to chat among yourselves. Revelations uh, chapter 3, um, verse 16, Amplified Bible. So because, of you, because you are lukewarm, spiritually useless, and neither hot nor cold, I will vomit you out of my mouth, rejecting you with disgust. You don't want to be yucky fruit to the Lord. Because he will spit you out. He will vomit you out. So take a moment to chat about how you could have, should have, would have done things a little bit differently. And we will pick this up next Tuesday.